Per minute, revolutionary sounds from around the world. This is Riddhi Mantenegabauer. And I'm Sebastian Lopez Vergara. Welcome to a new episode from Quarantine. Yes, indeed. Um, and today we have a very special episode, I think. Uh, it's a sort of a tribute to the famous drummer, Tony Allen. He passed away last month. Um, and Tony Allen uh, used to be uh, the drummer for Fela Kuti, and um, he was a member of the Africa 70 band with Fela, and basically created an entirely new genre of music called Afrobeat. Back One of, in the 1970s. Something that very few musicians will 
can ever accomplish, right? To create a right. whole new genre in music. Precisely, precisely. Yeah. And and these guys were really radical at the time, right, Tiba? I mean, you're probably more familiar with the, their politics than I am, but I mean, this was in Lagos, 1960s, 1970s, right? There was a lot going on at that time, I imagine. Yeah, so I'm not an, a specialist on, on African history at all, but at the time that Fela and Tony Allen were growing up, it, they were under a colonial regime, right? Um, and well, it, what's so interesting of those times in uh, West Africa um, was that there was a very active nightlife um, and there was the development of particular mu like distinct music genres uh, in West Africa uh, that were associated with the nightlife of the col colonial era. And one of them is high life. Uh, and high life is like a mixture between like jazz sounds and uh, mostly like Ghanaian music. Um, and Fela Kuti and Tony Allen grew up during those times of like a lot of nightlife uh, and playing high life. Uh, which is this mixture of different uh, music. Um, and yeah, in the 19, I, I think like late 50s or maybe like mid 60s, um, Fela Kuti and, and Tony Allen started a jazz quartet together uh, and playing around different clubs. And uh, uh, Tony Allen has always been a very prolific uh, musician. I mean, not from the very beginning, I think he was a, a technician, like an, a, like, um, like an audio engineer or like whatever you call it. And then he's tried the drums and then he really liked it. Um, but then he said that why he was so prolific is because if you wanted to get a job in a pub or in a club, you had to be able to play not only high life, but jazz, cha-cha-cha, uh, Latin music, and so on and so forth. And so that's why he was able to play so many different things in style. Yeah, and I think the other interesting thing about him is that he taught himself how to play yes. the drums, right? And, and I think maybe in part because he taught himself, um, he essentially taught himself or he kind of invented a new way of playing, mm -hmm. things, um, which was very critical to uh, maintaining the rhythms uh, for Afrobeat. And, and especially in this first song that we heard for the show, Rofo Rofo Fight, um, I think this is where Alan really distinguishes himself mm -hmm. as sort of an irreplaceable artist. And I think Fela even recognized that because in this song, you have the drummers, four of his limbs are playing completely independent drum patterns. They're, yeah. they're completely different. And, and so Fela, I believe, kind of commented and remarked that, you know, having Tony Allen behind the drums is like having four different drummers. Hmm. Um, and, and I think Tony even mentioned in a, some of the interviews that I was reading that it kind of depends on how he's feeling that day. Sometimes he, it can, he can play the drums in such a way that it sounds as that it's just one drummer playing hmm. there. Um, and another, he can, it can make it, he can make it feel like there are 10 drummers. And sometimes when he's really happy, it can sound like he, there are a hundred drummers in the song, you know? Um, but I think he really challenges our notions of the role of a drummer. Mm -hmm. It's not just this back, back, 
beat necessarily that maintains sort of the order of the song, but also is a very innovative contribution to the song. Completely. And like he was, we could say that he was a key architect in Fela's music and in the development of, of um, Afrobeat, which I didn't answer your question about how political this music is, uh, but there's a shift in Fela's uh, discography or career where he explicitly focuses on denouncing uh, Nigerian politics. And so in this transition between like colonial regime and post-colonial Nigeria, um, what happens is that there's a hierarchization of politics in Nigeria uh, with a military dictatorship and all that. And, and Fela is very vocal about denouncing what's going on in Nigeria and like the colonial legacy that persists after uh, the formal independence. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's like maybe the most famous uh, face of, of Fela Kutis, of like being very political and, and establishing yeah. the Kalakuta Republic, as he called it. <laughs> right, right. Th that's where the Africa 70 band really lived. It was sort of a commune in many ways, right? Yeah. And, and then the military, the Nigerian military, ended up attacking that compound. Um, and, and I think the other interesting feat, or the relationship between Bella Kuti, Tony Allen, alongside other activists and other movements taking place in the 60s and 70s at that time around the world. I mean, they had toured around the world. Mm. They were heavily influenced by the Black Panthers totally. as well. Um, so, uh, but, but after the military, the Nigerian military uh, destroyed the compound in which I think Fela's mother was fatally wounded mm -hmm. during that uh, episode, um, the, I think Tony and uh, he kind of decided that he didn't want to jeopardize his life in, or, you know, in that way. Uh, he completely supported the politics, I believe, right? Right, Seba? But then um, didn't yeah. want to And also he said that, that after that, Fela Kuti kind of like got, because it's such a traumatizing experience, right? Um, he got very self-involved in himself and he was in pain any of the musicians and so he what tony says that tony allen says that the definitive break between him and fela kuti was that he wasn't getting paid for playing so in the kalakuta republic there was this very famous club called the shrine which was where they would play and what was famous for is that there would be i think five shows a week in the shrine and each show was six hours long uh, oh my gosh. And so Tony Allen would play and, and like warm up the band himself for an hour. And then they would play for two hours nonstop. And then they would take a break and come back for two more hours and then take a break and then for two hours. So all of the musicians were like highly skillful to have the capacity to perform for that long. And at the same time, to be playing for that long and not get paid, he was like, I'm done. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> Seems like he might have needed a union, a very strong union. Exactly. <laughs> but that's um, where he developed that sound, which he says that it's it's like making caressing the drums, basically. Right, making right. The drums sound and make sounds that have never been uh, performed in the drums before. 
Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings us to sort of our, our next song that we're going to play, which is uh, called Monin um, by uh, originally recorded by Art Blakely and the Jazz Messengers. Uh, but Tony was heavily influenced by Art Blakely, who's another drummer, a jazz drummer. And uh, I read one interview where it kind of talked about how Tony was giving advice to a younger musician and the younger musician would just, you know, bang those drums as furiously as possible. And uh, Tony basically told him like, you know, you're not going to be able to sustain yourself. You're going to physically injure yourself if you keep that up. And kind of like what you were saying, you know, caressing the drums, he kind of plays the drums in such a way that it seems as though, you know, it's just a river kind of flowing down. Um, it's just, bubbling through and that's that's what you'll kind of hear in Monin and some of the other songs that we're playing on the show later today um but yeah i just kind of wanted to highlight that drums don't need to be banged through an entire song as furiously as possible but you can really caress a really interesting uh sound from them and it doesn't just have to be one sound it could be yeah. you know a, a multi-layer polyrhythmic type of sound. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll play Monin and then we have a couple other songs coming mm -hmm. up. Uh, we have uh, Get Together from Black Voices and that's a later album of his, I think re uh, released in maybe like late 90s. Uh, and it's a little more experimental in the sense of like, uh, it's a more like stripped down approach to Afrobeat. There's a lot of like production like dubbing and and all that and so he was it, this was like his comeback uh, in a sense and then we have a song that he provide he is a collaboration uh, with um a french singer called sebastian tellier uh, and you can very easily identify that is tony allen and in on the drums because it's that beautiful intricate and delicate drum style that is basically driving the song. Excellent. All right. So here we go with Monin by Tony Allen.
Okay, and that was Sebastián Tellier with Tony Allen on drums. Probably his most well-known song of uh, this most well-known song of Tellier. Um, and then you you can you can hear how distinct uh, Tony Allen's style is. What oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it sounds like you know the a babbling river through yeah. the whole song right um it was very impressive but we've and, got and what's so interesting too is like it seems as if it's the same rhythm all the time but then you pay attention to it and it's full of so many details like the way that he plays the hi-hat changes little by little he's always playing like many he says that playing the way that people play the drums is as if they're biking with one leg And what oh, he really? always wanted to do was to use both legs. Wow. Yeah. Well, you can totally hear the difference yeah. in his drumming. 
but we have more of Tony Allen's experiments coming up next, right? Yeah. What do we have first? So we have uh, Omu Sangare, who is a Malian singer. Uh, she released this album in 2017 called Mogoya, which is translates as like, I think it's um, today's people or something, or the people of today. And this song is very beautiful, not only music uh, musically, um, but the, the, the title is called Yerefaga, which translates to don't give up. And it's actually a song about uh, suicide. Um, and so uh, the, wow. the, the, the music is very beautiful, but also the lyrics are like very touching. Uh, and, and then we have a Chicago Afrobeat project with Tony Allen uh, on the drums. And, and this is a Afrobeat band from Chicago who collaborated with him. They have a whole album with him. It's oh, great, wow. Very funny. That's great. What That's do we have then? Then we have um, a song called The Good, The Bad, and The Queen from the band, The Good, The Bad, and The Queen. <laughs> and they're actually, so after Tony Allen kind of overcame heroin addiction, which he overcame just going cold turkey. Wow. Um, very impressive. But uh, after overcoming that, it wasn't really until the early 2000s that he started kind of experimenting with new creative efforts. And this is with um, an admirer of his, Damon Alburn from the Blur and Gorillas. And he, Damon, alongside a Danger Mouse, and uh, the verb Simon Tong, and then my personal favorite, The Clashes, Paul oh, Simonon. Wow. Yeah, they all came together and they created this band and the title track from the, their album really kind of highlights how Fela's politics, Tony Allen's politics, these artists, you know, The Clashes politics, okay. how they're all aligned. Um, you can hear that in the lyrics and you can also hear that um, in, in the music as well. Um, and then following that is another collaboration that Tony Allen participated in, um, another Damon Alburn uh, collaboration, but this time with Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, okay. who, who's also a huge admirer of um, Tony Allen, uh, and, and Flea is a bassist, and so both of them, you know, kind of being responsible for, for the rhythm of a song, uh, so they really... Uh, really spoke to each other in terms of kind of maintaining um, a more innovative approach to uh, what those rhythmic uh, or what those rhythms could be in a song. And the song that we're going to play from their album, uh, the band's name is called Rocket Juice and the Moon. And um, it also has a guest uh, singer, uh, Fatumata Diawara, also a Malian singer. Who so we played before. We have played multiple. Uh, yeah. songs from her before yes and so it was really great to come across this one and the song's uh, called Benko and from the album Rocket Juice of the Moon and we end the show with a song called Dirty Money and it's by a band called Antibalas which I believe means bulletproof in Spanish right Suba? Yeah <laughs> um, and this song uh, is the, the band is actually uh, kind of perhaps an heir apparent in, from North America for uh, Fela Kuti in Africa 70. They're trying, they're heavily influenced by Fela. There was a Broadway musical that was dedicated to Fela 
and these guys did the music for the show. Antibalas did the music it's for the show. It's a very good documentary too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Great. You should um, check I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this I've been listening a lot to this band along with another band called the Budos Band. Um, they are all part of the Daptone Records, also based out in Brooklyn. Um, and you can the minute you'll hear the song, you'll hear the Afrobeat that Tony Allen and Bella created. Um, and this song is called Dirty Money and it's, you know, talking a lot about money. And this is something that the band, kind of how dirty it is. And this is something that the band has talked excessively about. And they, when they were talking about the song, they talked about how the horn parts are meant to kind of convey a very aggressive, persistent sort of counterattack from you know perhaps a laid off factory worker right with nothing left to lose so that's what the horns are trying to convey and hmm. uh, the hooks are you know are meant to sound really dirty uh, like money um, and <laughs> and then uh, you know the, the lyrics are meant to kind of talk about the their economic times you know the, the plight uh, that they're contending with so cool all right here we go Say you do can go to 
Yeah. 
And we've reached the end of our show. Thank you for joining us. I hope for those who weren't aware of Tony Allen's musical existence, now they can continue exploring his long career. And we hope that we also paid a um, respectful and tribute to Tony Allen. Yep, exactly. And uh, next week, please tune in again. We're hoping to have a show uh, that profiles a totally different genre of music. Completely. Uh, <laughs> completely different, where uh, we're going to play some metal music. So that will be a very different experience, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. see you next time. See you next time. <laughs>